Admit all. Let's let everybody in. Admit all. Welcome, everyone. Hi, welcome. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks so much for coming. Hi, everyone. Hey, welcome. Hi. Hi. Can everyone hear? Thumbs up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hello and welcome to Zenful Conversations. For information on future guest speakers and our many Zoom offerings, please visit zenfulconversations.com. My name is Zen Jen Brown, and I'm your host. We're here today with our guest speakers. We have two guest speakers this time, Chef Judy and vegan expert Lori Rogers. Ladies, thank you for being with us today. Oh, Thanks thank you us. so much for having us. We're really excited to be with everybody and get ready for the big holiday. Yeah. How fun, how fun. Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, let me just share a little bit about these ladies with everybody. A little bit about Chef Judy and Lori Rogers. Judy is a sought after restaurant consultant, a TV chef that she makes guest appearances and is a freelance culinary editor spa editor and luxury travel editor for several publications. Her personal passions are culinary travel to exotic places and holiday cooking in her home for huge gatherings of friends and relatives. Judy's also the author of the popular cookbook, Reflections and Recipes of Chef Judy. Lori's cooking has been her passion from the time she was old enough to open up the refrigerator door. <laughs> she loved experimenting, experimenting with combinations of whatever they just happened to have on hand. Vegan friendly cooking, which is Lori's business, specializes in vegan and plant-based cooking. And Lori says that what you choose to eat and not to eat is a very personal choice. Anyone who is interested in in including more plant-based meals into their diet. She just can't wait to show you how to prepare delicious, healthy meals in a snap. <laughs> Lori is also the vegan expert at mycookingmagazine.com, which is a national online food and lifestyle magazine. And we are thrilled to have you both here today with us. Thank you, thrilled to be here. Again, thank you, thank so you again. Information on how to connect with these lovely ladies directly will be shared at the end of the conversation, as well as in the follow-up email tomorrow afternoon with whatever other information we gather from tonight. So thank you again, ladies. Anything you want to say just to start us off, or do you want me to ask questions of the audience or me, or how do you want to roll it out? You got something you're itching to say? Well, I'm going to be talking all about the traditional, the turkey side of it and the sides and in the more traditional cooking and eating style. And then, of course, Lori's going to give us some great twists on how to make it vegan or plant based. Mm -hmm. um, I met Lori, ironically, Lori and I used to get our hair done together. <laughs> and that's how we got to know each other. Looking good, Lori. And um, through the course of a couple years, Lori was changing careers and 
I had mycookingmagazine.com and she was the perfect person to come join our team. And her articles are just wonderful and give you a really easy and creative way. If you want to just, even if you're only going to incorporate eating plant-based one or two days a week, it's a great way to start out. And we all have guests that have different eating habits and it's great to have some tips and how to, I like to say vegan organize a dish or something. So Lori, this is really fun for us to do together, I think. And Zen Jen, again, thank you for arranging this because I love talking. I love talking cooking and holidays. And this is just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. I think it's thank great. You, I think Judy. it's great. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, one of the things that I was thinking as you were saying all those wonderful things about me. First of all, I'm so pleased that we met and that we're friends and colleagues, um, just really. And this is this is our our high season, right? You know, That's right. Oh, boy, it's so much fun. Do you know something that I've learned um, as I founded my um, vegan cooking school is that vegan is dairy. A lot of people aren't vegan, but they're dairy free. Um, or they have other dietary restrictions. And coincidentally, a lot of vegan recipes meet those dietary restrictions. Um, we can also make things nut-free, you know, conventional as well as vegan recipes and gluten-free. My oldest son has celiac. Um, so I've been learning how to um, prepare some delicious vegan and as well, my youngest son's vegan, my oldest one uh, has celiac. So uh, learning all kinds of new things these days. No. And they are delicious. I have tried a few of the dishes. And Lori, I have to say right off the bat, a big congratulations because you entered a vegan macaroni and cheese contest this year and you won. I did. It was, thank you. Thank you. It was the first cooking contest I've ever entered in my life. I recently moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, and I had registered to have a booth at Triangle Veg Fest. And there was a, a kickoff event, which was a mac and cheese cookoff. And I competed against restaurant owners and chefs. Um, and you could have knocked me over with a feather when the judges chose me as the first place winner. I just couldn't believe it. Um, but I do have to admit, it's really good. <laughs> and I put the recipe on my website and Jen will share that with you. So thank you, Judy. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, the, that was the shot of confidence that this new small business really needed. That, that really was a pivotal moment for me. So, well, and yeah. I think what's great is that, that Jen, you certainly provide this sense of community. So we get the confidence to do this <laughs> and we can get then pass our confidence on to you to have you successfully cook, even if you're just looking to make one dish or suggestions on how to pick up different things and not make all the work on you for that particular holiday. I think what's we're just a community. I think that's what's great about, especially about women, is that we really support each other and build each other up. And we're always open to new ideas. So it's fun. Um, I have some some turkey tips to talk about, but I want to put it out to everybody. Do you have questions right now that you want to ask? Yeah. Does anybody have a question? Oh, go ahead. Uh, Kimberly. Go ahead, Kimberly. <laughs> I actually, I saw it the other day and I never heard of it before. Can you tell me about, is it spatchcocking? 
Spatchcocking. I'm so glad that you asked that. It is called that. And what that means. me censored. Your guys are going to get me censored. <laughs> Spatchcock. <laughs> Basically, what it is, and here's what I really recommend for you, Kimberly. If you're interested in trying it, that you go to your butcher, plan mm. it out ahead of time, have them spatchcock the turkey. I've done it before. And it is a mess. To, I'm going to tell you the truth. When I was in culinary school at Johnson and Wales, I paid a guy in my class. We had to debone a turkey. Can you imagine? It's hard enough for a chicken. We had to debone a turkey as wow. part of a grade. So I paid him Ask 20 shit. bucks, and he actually deboned my turkey for me. So and I got I got like a 90 something on it. So it really worked out. But spatchcocking basically is what you're doing is you're taking out that backbone. So you're getting it into two pieces that are like going to lay flat on your baking surface. You're not going to use a roasting pan. You're going to use just a small lip of a, of a, a pan a big pan and it's going to roast that way. So it really is delicious. It's mm. if you've ever heard of the terms of in restaurants of chicken on a brick under a brick, mm -hmm. that's a lot how that basically that chicken has been spatchcocked. They've taken, okay. taken out the backbone, then they, so then it's pressed the two separate sides are pressed down and you could even cut it into quarters if you wanted it's certainly going to cook a lot less mm -hmm. time and it and as long as you know you're careful and you always have your oven thermometer very important mm -hmm. um to make sure that you know it, it'll stay moist and juicy that's the key mm -hmm. you want to pull it out when it's about 161 162 degrees because when it rests, it's going to get up to 165, which is the ideal temperature. But the best way, I always tell everybody this, don't try something new if you're having guests for the holiday. You do it, you do it a few weeks before. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, so what? Throw it out and get Chinese food. But at least you haven't risked it on the holiday. That's the one thing I tell people is kind of what you're used to is, is, to do that but mm -hmm. spatchcock and you can look online because there's some a couple years ago bon appetit magazine featured it as one mm -hmm. of one of the cooking types it was on the on the cover and they did a really great walk you through of everything but you really have to make sure that you have the right boning knives and you have the right you know mm -hmm. Mm. instruments to really make it come out good but i always say when you want something done you have your butcher do it mm. so especially right. if you call and give them several days notice that they'll they'll get that prepared for you and then it will be a lot easier and for time wise you can just look it up online and they can walk you through it depending on how many pounds you're doing okay wow. awesome thank you you're right. welcome yeah, thank you I'd heard of that, but I wasn't sure what it was. So thank you. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful way to cook. It really is. And it, it gives more of a roasted flavor. You know, the skin gets really crisp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it cuts the cooking time down a lot. And the presentation is really beautiful. Put mm -hmm. it on a big platter. Mm -hmm. And of course you can slice the mm -hmm. meat off the breast, but then you still have the beautiful legs and you can mm -hmm. garnish it with halved oranges and cranberries mm -hmm. and thyme sprigs and it will be great. So I, have, wow. I have a true confession about trying new 
dishes for the holidays or when you're having company over. I just can't help myself, but here's what I do. I choose one new recipe to try. That's like an extra. So not the main dish, of course, um, but you know how it is the holidays and we're looking at all these recipes and they look so good and you want to try something new. Yep. Um, so if you find something that won't sink the evening or the meal, the event, um, if it doesn't turn out, you know, then you've, and you've got time idea. to do it. I, I always choose one, one new, cause it's just fun. That's a great idea for not me. Not the entree. <laughs> no, you're right. Never the entree. And for me, it was really easy. For 20 years, I was on TV, you know, three to four times a week. So I could really test a lot of recipes, yeah. which was like cheating for me because then I really narrowed it down. But I'm a traditionalist too. So I have to have a lot of the dishes that I grew up with. And I, and I, I often will add one extra dish. So it's an excellent point, Lori. Mm -hmm. And that way you take a little taste ahead of time. And if you don't want to serve it, then you don't mm -hmm. serve it. You mm -hmm. can always go the leftovers, but chances are, it's going to be really fun and a new creative dish. And you can never have enough sides. That's right. what I say. Thanksgiving leftovers are the best part the sides of the are, Yep. Mm -hmm. The sides are as important, if not more important than the turkey. Mm -hmm. Anybody else have a question before we? Yeah, thank you, this? Kim. Okay. Uh, was that, Pauline, did you say you wanted to have a question? No, okay. Anybody else have a question at the moment? All right, go ahead. Uh, Judy, do you want to, did you want to say something? Sure, or Lori, ask if you a question? Mind, I'm gonna put on my glasses so I can actually see my Absolutely. Okay, and oh, this is hysterical. I just mm -hmm. found this in my notes. Nine to 11 minutes per pound if you're going to do a spatchcock turkey. Oh, wow. How Isn't funny. that amazing? Oh, so wow. I did have it. Wow. I did have it for 12 to 14 pound turkey at 350. It's usually about 13 to 15 minutes per pound. Mm -hmm. Now, here's my cooking tip. First of all, get your ovens regulated. If you have not checked recently, mm -hmm. if your ovens are running at the proper temperature of what it says, stick your oven thermometer in, bring, bring it to temperature and then check your thermometer. You may have to get a professional over just adjust it if they don't, you don't have the directions or you're inept like me, I can't do anything like that technically. But it does make a difference if your oven is five, five degrees off, it's going to make a difference. Hmm. So that's like really important to do. Hmm. Also remember you don't, while you're roasting the turkey, don't put things on the bottom shelf. While the, when the turkey okay. comes out to rest for 20 to 30 minutes is when you can heat your sides. I'm really fortunate because I have a warming drawer. It's going to have a second oven, but hmm. there were times I had 30 people for Thanksgiving dinner with one oven before wow. I renovated my kitchen. So yeah. it can be done, but you're gonna screw up the oven temperature, especially towards the end. Couple different ways you can start out by um, preheating your oven to 425 degrees. And what I do is I have, look at my little props. It's gotta be Irish butter. Mm. You wanna not only smear it over the skin, you want to be able to, with your fingers, pull the skin away from the actual turkey meat and slide butter underneath, especially the breast. That'll make them really juicy. Then I make kind of a potpourri bowl of poultry seasoning and um, a little, you know, co definitely kosher salt and some minced thyme 
and some paprika and some garlic salt, mix that all together, and then very well season the cavity. I am not for stuffing a bird, I need to tell you, because it really, you have to be careful about food poisoning and it really does make a difference. It also can throw off the cooking time. So just season the cavity really well. People forget that. And then put in, cut an apple, cut an orange, cut an onion, put in some sprigs of rosemary, and you're set to go in the inside. Butter everything really, really well. Season it with your seasoning bowl. Make sure you're liberally seasoning it. And what I do is for the first half an hour, I put my turkey upside down on the mm -hmm. rack in the roasting pan. So all the juices are gonna go to the breast. And of course you have the butter underneath the skin. Mm -hmm. So that's just gonna make a really, really, really juicy breast. When it's messy to turn it back over, if you don't have the turkey tines to turn it over, you're gonna take two clean dish towels and you're gonna to have to lift your bird and turn it back over, but then throw those dish towels in your washing machine because you don't want to cross contaminate because you're using something the turkey's only been in the oven for 20 to 30 minutes and you really, you know, you have hours to go and you just don't want to risk the chance of touching it again. So, that's a really good cooking tip for you. Like I said before, 165 degrees is the ideal final temperature that you want. But once you pull a turkey or any type of roast out of the oven, it's while it's resting to redistribute the juices, that's when it's gonna come up about three degrees or more. So give it a chance to rest. I usually let it out of the oven for about 10 minutes and then I tent it with foil. Partway through my roasting process, I tent, I tent my turkey. After I've turned it right side up, I do a very loose, loose tent for about two hours, and then I pull that off. Basting all along, it is really important. Even if you don't have a turkey baster, you can use just you know a tablespoon. And but do baste about every half an hour. Just remember the temperature is going to go down a couple degrees every time you open the oven. So you just wanna incorporate that into your timing um, for that. Plan on one to one and a half pounds of turkey per person. If you wanted people to have leftovers and you want midnight turkey sandwiches, even go towards two pounds. I always like a lot of leftovers. So I've been known to make two turkeys. So I have a second one that we can just cut up for sandwiches and people can take home. For thawing, if you're using a frozen turkey, and with turkeys being scarce this year, a lot of people are buying frozen turkeys. What you want to do is for every, a frozen turkey needs 24 hours of thawing time for every five pounds of turkey. So I hope that helps a lot in making, you know, you can make your chart. I have lists all over my house. So I have one in the back refrigerator, one in the front refrigerator, one by on the wall by the oven. And, you know, I'm always going to forget something coupled by the stove, but it just kind of reminds me. Now, a lot of people ask me about brining, to brine or not to let brine. Me, let me, uh, Karen has a question. I oh, sorry, Karen, come on in. No, just want to see if it relates to that. Go ahead, Karen. It does. If you're spatchcocking it and you're taking it, you're having the butcher do it, like you've got to do that now because they're going to have to defrost something. Exactly. So. Unless you're unless you're going to a place that that you've ordered your fresh turkey, so you know it's not frozen. But you're absolutely right. They're going to have to 
they're going to have to spatchcock a thawed turkey. They can't do it frozen. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. That's a good one. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about brining and then I'm going to hand it over to Lori for a little while. So with brining, you know, the traditional is to take a pot of water, a lot of kosher salt, and I put in lots of herbs and I put in about a cup of cranberry juice or a cup of apple cider. You bring it to a boil, then you simmer it for about 10 to 15 minutes whisking it. You want to make sure that you've dissolved all the salt, take it off the burner, dump in some ice. You've got to get that really cooled down. So that's something like you can even make your wet brine in the morning and you don't have to use it till later. But the problem with the wet brine is you have to have enough space in a refrigerator to keep your turkey brining for 24 to 48 hours in, in this huge amount of of liquid. Mm -hmm. So it's often difficult. I mean, you can, I know people that have used coolers and just keep packing them with ice. And, you know, we live in Florida, so our air conditioners are on almost year round. So we just keep packing it in ice. And because um, you have to really watch the temperature. But a nice way to do a turkey is called a dry brine. And what you can do is that poultry mix that I talked about. You can season that all over the turkey inside and out and do not cover it. Put it in your refrigerator uncovered for 48 hours and that'll make the skin really crisp, but those seasonings kind of meld in to where the meat part is. So that makes for a really popular method because it's not going to take up as much room. And the wet brine, if you do do it, you rinse your turkey before you roast it or it'll be way too salty. Okay, so when you take it out of the brine, you want to rinse it in very cold water and then pat it dry, pat it really, really well to get out that extra moisture. So that's some turkey tips for you. And for Don't Lori be a turkey. <laughs> Lori, I'm going to send it over to you okay, to give great. some tips. Let me, let me just first check and see if anybody has any questions on that brining or anything to ask Chef Judy um, that, that relates to anything that she said there or any other questions on that. Good. Brooke, go ahead. Uh, you're on mute. Still on mute. Yep, I can't hear you, Brooke. I'm sorry. It's usually on the bottom left. It corner. takes, yeah, it takes a minute okay. on her. Okay. There you go. Yay. Hi, Brooke. Hi. Years ago, I did do the wet brining, but it was with a small turkey. Personally, I don't think it's worth it, especially with the trouble at the other end of rinsing it off. But because it was smaller and you get the heavy gauge plastic bag, it was small mm. enough to fit into one of my vegetable or fruit produce drawers, you know. Oh, great. So, yeah. Mm. So if you're, if you want to try it, I recommend trying a smaller turkey and you'll probably have room in that. Uh, but I'm really interested, uh, probably not this year or maybe at more at Christmas. I'm going to try the dry rub uh, type brining you're talking about. Great. Right. That's great. Right. I'm glad you're going to try it. Sounds mm. good. And that's a great tip. Broke, so thank you. Vegan expert Lori Rogers. <laughs> Love it. 
Judy, every time I spend time with you, I learn more. I tell you, it's just, it's you're just a wealth of information. Well, I am going to start us off with a uh, holiday drink. I was at Publix. I'm in North Carolina, but they have Publix here. And I love this brand, Califia. I use their um, toasted coconut almond milk all the time. And they make a pumpkin spice coffee creamer this mm. time of year. And I don't know if you can see this. This is holiday nog. And so you can spice it up if you want. I just poured some. This is a nice way to greet your plant-based or vegan guests um, to give them a nice special holiday treat. So I've got a pretty glass. I don't know if you can see the swirls. That's and then great. I'm going to great. top it with a little bit of this coconut whipped cream. And I've been able to find this in just about every grocery store now. It's wonderful how many plant-based options are available these days. My oldest son went vegan, oh gosh, it was probably seven or eight years ago and there was not anywhere near the selection of mm -hmm. products. So this is my favorite. There's another brand, I don't like it. This is the good one. So delicious, Cocoa Whip. Um, so I'm just, if you don't mind, <laughs> I'm oh, indulge us, indulge us, please. I'm gonna. This you know, beverage, yeah, like I, what a nice way to, um, to, it, to, if you have, because, yeah. you know, they're feeling, they're most of the time feel a little awkward entering a situation like that anyway. So when you offer them that, mm -hmm. that's really a beautiful yeah. offering. Yeah. And you're not, it's a treat. So I, not everybody likes Nog, but you can just, you can get a piping bag if you want to get fancy. Um, or you can just spoon some on top of there, some of our cocoa whip, and I have a little bit of nutmeg. Just sprinkle some nutmeg on top. Here we go. That I don't have great. a second camera going here. And, and Lori, then... did I hear you earlier say that you could even put in a little bit of bourbon? Oh, absolutely. I don't have any, and I'm kind of wishing I did because it's our turn to get the tropical storm starting tonight. But I do have a cinnamon stick. And then see how pretty that is? I love is? it. Festive. Um, so that's, that's a nice, beautiful. and you can use little tiny glasses. Um, and this is, it was on sale at, at Publix, which was nice for like under $4 for this nice big bottle. Oh, and you know what else I'm gonna do with this? I'm gonna bake um, with it. I'm gonna make um, cranberry bread. And I usually use almond milk in that. And I'm going to do it with the holiday nog. Oh, that sounds um, great. Yeah. So it'll be like an eggnog cranberry bread. That sounds great. It does sound great. Fred, I, I can't wait. Thing. So I'm going to wow. have, I mean, my mom used to make eggnog, like literally, you know, my grandmother, yeah. Dennis's eggnog recipe with the eggs. And she had this huge bowl and she'd whip and whip and whip and whip. And then I can't believe she'd let us drink raw eggs. But those were the days. <laughs> Uh, station wagons and no car seats and all that stuff so that was right funny. see <laughs> I knew I knew family would come up and this is what, a, what for me when when I knew we were going to have this conversation I'm like oh this is really neat because it's going to bring up a, memories and emotions and different mm -hmm. things from from you know mm -hmm. station wagons yeah. I mean how often do we say that word yeah that's right yeah. That's so true. <laughs> mm -hmm. Those things that you just were done once a year and maybe you still do it. Um, you know, there hasn't been, I don't think I've ever made eggnog from eggs, um, but this is delicious. It's really good. So I'm going to talk about some substitutions that you can make. Well, we can start out with suggestions for an entree. 
<clears throat> generally, if you go to a restaurant and you ask for a vegan entree, you're gonna get half of an acorn squash stuffed with wild rice. So I really suggest not doing that. As much as I like it, um, it it's not um, something that's gonna excite your vegan or plant-based guests possibly. Um, Cause that's really kind of the, the Michael's on East go-to vegan <laughs> side mm -hmm. of vegan entree. And it's really good. They make a really good one. But if you wanna do something a little different, um, I make a lentil loaf, a lentil and mushroom loaf. Not everybody likes mushrooms. Um, I really like mushrooms. So I do this lentil mushroom loaf with a cranberry glaze. And I'm going to be putting mm. that recipe on my website tomorrow. Um, and it's not hard to make. Um, and it looks really pretty. And you can put it on a platter and sprinkle some fresh cranberries and put some kale and parsley or whatever kind of pretty greens you have around it and dress it up. Um, I also discovered this recipe for um, impossible meatloaf. And you use the impossible um, plant-based ground meat. <clears throat> I don't know what else to call it. It's baked meat sounds bad. Um, but I will tell you, it's the first time in three years that my kitchen has smelled like I was making my mom's meatloaf. Um, Cause I've been fully oh. vegan for the last three years. I had a blended family for years. My mom lived with me, my older son, who was vegan, decided not to be vegan. My younger son decided to be vegan. Everybody ate something different. So now it's just my younger son and I. So we, we have a vegan home, but I'm vegan friendly. So anyway, this impossible meatloaf, it's amazing. It's so good. I mean, you could fool people with it very easily. Um, so if you don't wanna do a lentil loaf, I would suggest that. And that recipe is also on my website. Um, and then really any side dish that you like to prepare can easily be made. I mean, if you have something that you don't know how to convert it into a plant-based or vegan, you'll have my contact info. Just send me an email and ask me. These are my go-to vegan ingredients that I use for substituting. Uh, this is my favorite brand of butter. This is Miyoko's. Um, and honestly, I love butter. I love cheese. I have not been vegan my whole life. I think this is as good or better than conventional butter. And wow, Miyoko's, that's saying a lot. It's so good. And she makes a, an unsalted. It's on sale this week at Whole Foods, $4.49 instead of $7.49. Wow. Box. So go get you some. <laughs> um, these are some of my favorite vegan cheeses. This brand, Violife, this is a Parmesan. You like that? Yeah, isn't that good? That's in my award-winning mac and cheese. Uh, well, no, oh. not. this is, but I use this a lot. I'll show you the cheeses that are in my award-winning mac and cheese. Um, I use also the Violife, their cream cheese. I put this on bagels in the morning, but I made the, um, the roux for the mac and cheese. And then I added cream cheese and because why not? Feta. <laughs> the violet feta is delicious. Um, you use feta, feta in your mac? Hmm? In the mac you used the yeah, feta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The feta and the cream Great cheese. Great idea. Nice bite yeah. to it. Yeah, and that recipe is on the website. To elevate that recipe, because I'm competitive, she, they, their directions said it's very competitive, so get creative. Um, so I spent several days thinking about what my favorite flavors are, and that's generally what I do when I'm coming up with a recipe. And I it started thinking about pineapple and cream cheese. I don't know why, but I started thinking about pineapple and cream cheese. And I'm like, well, huh, how's that gonna work in mac and cheese? I didn't want it to be too sweet. 
So the feta gives it a little bit of a bite and I grilled the pineapple and I also grilled red onions. Um, so the mac and cheese itself was fabulous, rich and creamy and delicious, um, but I wanted to take it up a little, a little bit more. So I made a macadamia nut crust uh, and that did it, I won. <laughs> Oh, it's good. Fantastic. It's really good. The ingredients are expensive. You know, the macadamia nuts. I get them at um, Costco, uh, but still. So let's yeah, every once in a while, you need to pull that out of the yeah. out of your pocket. Yeah, now. it was worth right. it. And people are buying my mac and cheese. I'm figuring out how to sell it. I've already sold a couple of trays of it um, because it was on demand. And then I actually sold it at, in Asheville recently at a vegan festival. Um, and it was, we sold out. <laughs> it's, it's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that's so wonderful. That is so So wonderful. I just want to share a couple more of my, now on my website, under my blog, there's a list of some of my favorite vegan ingredients. So I use a lot of coconut milk and baking. This is from Trader Joe's, um, the full fat coconut milk, you know, to make a pie. Um, again, this is like, I was taking these ingredients out of my pantry and I was like, wow, coconut milk nut butters, you know, this is just a uh, organic um, peanut butter from Kirkland. And I use a lot of cocoa powder. I make energy balls and I use unsweetened cocoa powder. That's also from Trader Joe's, really great place to get your ingredients. And so I started thinking I have got to make a peanut butter, chocolate, coconut pie, like a coconut, like a, think about peanut butter and chocolate as the bottom layer. And then oh, like come a on, you're killing cream. me here. Yeah, like coconut cream. So that's going to be yeah. my thank you guys for hosting this because it, it uh, sparked my imagination. Um, mm -hmm. You can make buttermilk very easily by using vinegar. And I like this Bragg's apple cider vinegar. You know, if, you, if your recipe calls for half of a cup of uh, plant-based milk, um, get your measuring cup out. I love the glass measuring cups. Uh, and if you'd only need a half a cup, you know, use a one cup measure. And first you put in a teaspoon of this and then you add the plant-based milk to get up to that half cup measure. So you don't have extra liquid. I mean, a teaspoon is not gonna make a huge difference, but that's the way you do it. Sometimes it calls for a tablespoon. So you put in your vinegar first and then you finish with your plant-based milk to get to the um, uh, buttermilk measurement. Buttermilk's really good uh, in all kinds of chocolate cake. You'll see a lot of uh, mm -hmm. recipes that call for buttermilk biscuits, I mean, all kinds of things. So or do you have to let that sit for a certain amount yeah, of time? Not too long. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks, Judy. Um, no longer than five minutes because it'll it really curdles. Um, mm -hmm. And that's good, but you don't want to do it like 20 minutes ahead of time. So up to five minutes, let it sit for at least two minutes. Yeah, thank you. That's a good point. And that's also, I didn't bring out my um, egg substitutes, but I use a lot of different things. Well, I have one. So eggs, if you wanna substitute for eggs, applesauce, it's an easy one. I use it in my cupcakes and it's delicious. Um, some things <clears throat> I use flax seeds, um, ground flax seeds and water, two tablespoons of water and one tablespoon of flax seed. And you do let that, you mix it together with a little whisk and let it sit and it creates like a paste. Um, you can also use um, chia seeds when water, uh, and that makes a nice like gel type binder for your baked goods. Um, and then a lot of times I use, um, as Bob's Red Mill makes an egg substitute and it's a blend of like tapioca flour and a couple of other um, dry ingredients that 
you mix with water and you let it sit for a couple of minutes and it makes like a paste and it may not sound appetizing, but it gives you that crumb that you want in your baked good without using an egg. And some people are allergic to eggs. It's not just a right. dairy thing or they don't tolerate eggs well. Um, so that's a handy thing to have. So Yeah, well, important great. when we're having these guests, you know, mm -hmm. because it, sometimes you don't know. Um, I, I, love, I love having the option and I, I'm gonna go to your website for sure myself mm -hmm. and grab a couple of those uh, mm -hmm. um, recipes. Great. That Great. is cheeses. So those, so that, that's what I was, that vile life. I'm going to mm -hmm. see if I can find mm -hmm. that because yeah. that, that cheese is has so been good. the biggest challenge for mm -hmm. me is finding an acceptable that cheese. cheese. They're that really cheese. good. I make, I make cheese yeah. with them. Mm -hmm. You've had that before, Kim? Oh my God. That cheese is all you, okay. it tastes just like regular cheese. Mm -hmm. wow. You're kidding me. Mm -hmm. My nephew who's vegan turned me on to that. And, you know, I went from like the cream cheese to the regular, I think I had like mozzarella cheese and some other kind of cheese that was the same brand. Mm -hmm. It is delicious. You wouldn't even know. Mm -mm. That's mm -hmm. great. No. That's a great tip. Thank you. Yeah. Don't be a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, goodness. Um, any questions for Lori? Okay. okay, Brooke. Uh, hi, I'm muted. Can you hear me? I can yes. hear you. Uh huh. Oh, I just want to say real quick, uh, what you were talking about, Lori, is absolutely true. And sides are my favorite. And just today, um, trying to think of recipes, I made spoon bread, and so mm -hmm. that's a very basic and easy Americana type recipe. Mm -hmm. And to begin with, it's pretty much gluten free if you're just mm -hmm. using. Cornmeal, cornmeal, and mm -hmm. all the things you just said. You can substitute your favorite plant milk, um, yeah. eggs, cheeses, and and season it, and put whatever vegetables you want on it. And it's it's special. Most people don't make that or eat it during the year. So mm -hmm. I mm. have to leave early now. So I just wanted to say that. But oh, thank, thank you, thank you both for all your tips. Uh, thank on you, turkey. We appreciate and you thanks for joining us. Have a nice holiday. Yeah. You too. Happy thanks day. for coming. See you soon. Bye, Brooke. Bye. Oh. Kim. Um, you were I'm talking sure. about egg. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm wondering about like eggs to eat. Like I'm thinking, like, what's your egg substitute uh for oh, like I you know? love, I I eat it almost every morning, just egg. Um, they make egg. a okay. folded frozen egg patty and those are actually on sale at Whole Foods. I was there yesterday stocking up. They're on sale this week. Um, I just cook it up in a pan um, with a plant-based um, sausage patty and I make grits because I'm a southern girl and that's pretty much my go with vegan butter. Uh, that's my go-to breakfast and the Just Egg product also comes in a liquid um, and okay. I've seen that at Publix and they have it at other grocery stores. Um, and you can do scrambled eggs. You can do a tofu scramble with that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can do a scramble with it. I usually make a tofu scramble. Um, so tofu, the salt, the silken tofu makes a nice mm -hmm. um, substitute for egg if you wanted to do like a tofu scramble. But the just egg, you can make a quiche with it. You can use it mm. equal parts. Egg, you know, I think it's a quarter cup equals one egg. Um, it's not exactly the same, but it's pretty darn good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good yeah. thing. No. 
Yeah. And there's some new yeah. products coming out. I actually entered a sweepstakes and one, the brand is Hodo, H-O-D-O. And they have um, a vegan egg substitute that's kind of like already, it's refrigerated and it looks like scrambled eggs. It was good, but it was a little salty for me. And that's something I rarely say. I love salt, <laughs> but it was a little strong. So, you know, that's one of the things I like to do is share um, the brands that I like. Uh, because mm -hmm. it saves you a lot of time and you know if somebody has a bad experience with one brand they're like oh vegan cheese is terrible it tastes like you know plastic well some of it does you know but a lot of it tastes really good so, right that's why yeah. I'm very interested in doing that because I uh, so I, I I guess I'd say 20 um when the heck was that? 2011, I stopped eating beef and pork, and I've been slowly uh, going along, um, changing my diet as the years go along here. Mm -hmm. And that cheese was one though. I'm like, I've tried different ones. I'm like, mm -hmm. this is no way. So I'm still You're gonna eating have to let full me know. Cheese. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. try that. I'm gonna mm -hmm. try that. Mm -hmm. I have. Does anybody else have any questions they'd like to ask of these ladies? Um, I had a couple couple questions sent to me, so I'd like to ask them because they'll get this right. replay tomorrow. Um, and I gotta say though, no, there's a couple different things here. Okay, so uh, what can I do with the stuff that comes in the bag that's inside the turkey? What can I do with that bag? <laughs> well, <laughs> first and most important thing is always remember to take that out of your turkey. <laughs> Every now and then you meet a friend where you hear like the, their first experience with cooking a turkey, they forgot to take it out. Mm -hmm. um, inside, you're gonna have the turkey neck and is one of the things roasting the turkey neck in a little pan. And if you want to use the liver as well, you can use that towards giblet gravy. So you roast the turkey neck and then you can just pick apart the flavor, you know, the little bit of meat that is in there. Or another thing you can do is when you're making your gravy, and I can kind of give walk you through how to make seamless gravy. Um, you can add the roasted turkey neck for about 10 minutes while you're making the gravy with your chicken stock and things like that, just to give you added flavor. And of course you can dice up your giblets really, really, really fine. And that can be a giblet gravy or it's our day to, to spoil our dog Norman and give him a little <laughs> bit of it diced up. So he has a little treat. Cause I, I tell everybody that comes to the house, do not feed Norman, whatever you do, do not feed Norman. Because if you have a group and everybody's feeding him, you know, it's mm. going to happen, mm. but that's his little treat. And I usually kind of save that towards the end. And that's, that's a little treat. Or you can just, to be honest, you can toss it all out, but it is important to take that out of the turkey. <laughs> and especially as it's unthawing, um, once it can loosen up enough, that's gonna cut down on your thawing time if you can get that out of the cavity. Mm. Ah, good one, good one. Good. Would you mind uh, briefly running through that gravy thing? I think making yeah, gravy please. is probably an important thing. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents always said it was worth paying for me to go to culinary school because I learned how to make great gravy because my mother <laughs> made terrible gravy. God <laughs> love her. She just, it was always greasy. Uh, I think what you need to know is you take that roasting pan that you've just done this beautiful bird with, right? And you have, and you, after the turkey is 
cool enough that you can move it without falling apart. Put it on your platter, put it on your cutting board if you're gonna not carve it table side. You're gonna take the pan and you're gonna discard the majority of all those drippings. You're gonna leave, I would say if you're making, if you're entertaining for about, I'd say for about 12 to 20 people, you're gonna use about a cup of, at the very most a cup of those drippings. Then what you're gonna do is you're gonna make sure you use your whisk. I brought my whisk. Whisk is so important. You're gonna add, I usually add about two large containers of organic chicken stock or chicken bone broth is really good or turkey. If you can get the turkey bone broth, fantastic. They usually have it at Whole Foods. Again, it is expensive, but the richness of it, or if you make your own stock, that's even the best thing of all. Now, this is called Gravy Master. I think it's been on the market for probably a hundred years. <laughs> for, it used to come in this little like bizarre kind of jar and they've changed the marketing. So you'll notice it's a little different. Just a little dab will do you. It'll give you a darker color in your gravy, but it also embodies a little depth of flavor. So you're going to in the pan, you're gonna scrape the bottom of your pan, constantly scraping, because you wanna get, they call it the fond, all the, all those good little crackling pieces that have dripped down from the turkey, that's what we wanna get. And only remember a little bit, like I use like a half a cup of the drippings at best, because you don't, it's that fat that can separate and really break down the gravy. Now you can make a traditional roux, which is equal parts of melted butter and flour, and you whisk it in a pan and it comes like a paste, almost like plaster of Paris. And you just keep whisking it and whisking it and whisking it. So you cook out the taste of the flour. It's gonna need a minimum of 10 minutes to get rid of some of that that chalky taste of flour. But Wondra flour is the new lifesaver. You that way you don't have to make the roux. You mm. can just get your your you're gonna obviously you're gonna need two burners going if you have your roasting pan. And you're just gonna start by adding whisking in a little bit of wonder flour at a time, starting in the corner of a pan. So it keeps start it starts to get thick, then more liquid from the pan gets incorporated and you can add some more and you can add some more and you keep going. If you need to, you can add some more gravy master. And then I always add a dash of light cream or half and half. And that just gives it even, even fuller flavor. But you wanna definitely simmer it for about 10 minutes. If it breaks and gravies do break, what I want you to do is I want you to immediately get it off the burner get a different pan, only use part of what you have that broke, whisk in some more Wondra flour and some hot stock, and that should bind it all together. But you just have to be patient and give it a lot of love. Because mm -hmm. to me, the gravy, I think the gravy mm -hmm. is the best part of everything because mm -hmm. it can go on the mashed potatoes, on the stuffing. It's so yummy. And of course you can make, a vegetarian gravy by using vegetable stock, or I even better than vegetable stock, I like mushroom stock because mm -hmm. I think it's a little richer flavor. Mm -hmm. And then I have a little trick. At the end, if when you take your turkey out of the oven, I'll have some melted Irish butter, 
always Irish or French butter. And then I put a little Cointreau mm -hmm. in the butter and then I brush the turkey. Don't do it while it's in the oven because Cointreau, any alcohol has a high sugar content and it's going to burn it, make it turn that, you know, almost that blackish color. You don't want that. Mm -hmm. But you can also add a tablespoon of Cointreau into your gravy if you're looking for that orangey, Ooh. bright flavor, mm -hmm. just to kind of give it a little, a little nice. twist on, on the traditional gravy. It just mm -hmm. kind of zests it up a little bit. And speaking of zest, you can always do a little orange zest on top of the turkey once you've brushed it with melted butter mm -hmm. with a little Cointreau in it. And that just gives it a little, little flavored profile to enjoy. And that would go great with spatchcock, by the way, <laughs> doing that type of glaze. Wow, that is uh, awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really great. Sure. Um, yeah, there was the question, how do I store turkey stock? Well, there's a lot of different ways. My favorite way in any stock is if to get ice cube trays and fill the ice cube trays and put them in your freezer with a little label. And that way, if you only need a couple of them to make a small amount of gravy in the future, or you're gonna use it to just enhance maybe some with some steamed vegetables or something like that, you only need a small amount at a time. Otherwise, I just put it in regular freezer containers, about quart containers and label it. But I love to make stock ahead of time and have it in the freezer. So, cause it's so versatile and you can use it whenever you want it. Mm -hmm. Lori, how do you make gluten-free gravy? Gluten-free flour. Um, and this can be a vegan gluten-free gravy. Um, make the roux. So I use my Miyoko's butter. Here she is over here. I use the salted butter. Cause like I said, I like a little salt in my food gives it good flavor. Um, and then what I do is, let's say I'm gonna use, this is one cup of butter, um, garlic. I take about four mm. good sized garlic cloves and I love to press them into whatever I'm cooking because that's even better than mincing it. And when you press the garlic, you wanna press it over the pan because the juices from the garlic are gonna run down into the pan. So I heat up the butter, I press the garlic in there, cook it for a couple of minutes. And now you've got this nice garlic butter and then you can add the gluten-free flour. Um, there's a brand called Extra White Gold that I was getting at Walmart of all places. And it works beautifully. I haven't been able to find it lately. Um, I go to about five different grocery stores every week. <laughs> right now I'm using Wegmans. Um, they have a one-to-one -one, um, gluten-free flour and that's been working beautifully for me. So whatever kind of gluten-free flour that you have. So you whisk in your flour and it, like Judy was talking about earlier, it's gonna make almost like a paste. And then I love the Oatly brand of full fat oat milk. If you're making, I use that for my mac and cheese, but it would make a really good gravy. Um, but, oh, I'm sorry, we're doing gravy. So don't use the oat milk. <laughs> use that if you're making mac and cheese. For gravy, use the broth. And there's Better Than Bullion. They make- oh, I love Better Than Bullion. Yeah. And you know, I've discovered something new that I'm really enjoying, um, Orrington Farms. And I order it on Amazon. And it's a powdered, um, you use two teaspoons per cup of water. Uh, I just made a delicious wild rice and mushroom soup 
with that and the flavor, it comes in a ham flavor. I made a split pea soup with that and that the ham flavored um, and it's all vegan and they have a chicken flavor and they have a vegetable flavor. Um, Orrington, O-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. I have it in my refrigerator. I can get up. It's right here. I'll show you. Is it right? Great. <laughs> wow. Wow, you guys are really sharing quite a great, great bit of information. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, somebody just wrote I'm starving. <laughs> I know. I, know. I, know. I, I downed all of my my um so this is the um the brand and I get oh, it on great. Amazon. I haven't found it in a store. It's reasonably priced and it lasts a really long time. And you can see it's um, two teaspoons for one cup. So it's very easy and you don't have to worry. I mean, this is great. Instead of having cartons and cartons of broth in your pantry, yes. um, I've downsized as my kids have gotten older and, you know, I don't have all that much storage space and you can just see the nice broth in there. Mm. Um, and it's delicious. I've been really impressed with it. So yeah, it's my newest discovery. One of my newest. <laughs> so um, yes, yeah, so there's a vegan. Oh, and I love mushrooms. Um, so when I'm making gravy, I always put mushrooms in it. And what I do is I do my mushrooms in a separate skillet because I like to cook them a good 15 minutes. Um, I love shiitake or portobello, or you can mix them and slice them not super thin, but you want them thin enough because I cook them in butter and butter and olive oil combined because then the butter doesn't burn. Mm -hmm. Um, I cook them on a low to medium low heat for 10, 15 minutes until they start to get crispy. Um, not burned crispy, but I like them brown, like golden brown and almost getting crispy. And then just add that to your gravy. And mm, mm. they get hungry too. You could put a little fresh rosemary in there if you wanted some thyme, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Sounds great. Mm. That does sound great. Thank you. Put that uh, on any questions? <laughs> um thanksgiving desserts that they, they just that's what they want to hear about thanksgiving desserts uh all i know is mm -hmm. i had an apple pie that chef judy made <laughs> one time uh -huh. lucky you Mm -hmm. And that, that is you know, a that, true labor of love <laughs> oh my gosh that's, that. uh, mm. that's a, one of the best things i've ever had in my life um but thanksgiving desserts anything goes right Absolutely anything goes. You know, I'm a I'm a real traditionalist with pies, and I believe the more the better. And my probably one of my funniest Thanksgiving stories is um on TV. I used to do like a week or two before, you know, a holiday, I would have like the best desserts that you can order in town from different bakeries and restaurants. And they would bring an exorbitant amount of desserts. So mm -hmm. I would bring some over to the Pines and donate it over there. Mm -hmm. And I'd give some to the staff. And then I'd pick like three things that I really wanted to bring home. Well, I'd kind of forgotten that I had put these desserts in my niece's freezer. And then, of course, I went and I made a couple pies and I ordered several things. And as I was putting out the dessert buffet, I kept thinking, why am I running out of space? And we started counting and my husband and I counted that we had 17 desserts. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so we went like a little, a little crazy on it. And I had made like a, a pumpkin cream cheese squash tort that was like four mm. layers. And, mm. and they had all these different things that, you know, besides all the traditional pies, I really feel like you have to have 
apple pie. If you don't want to go to the labor of love of making a true pie, and I, if you're going to make pie crust, please use lard, please, please. I know it's bad for you, but it really does make the very, very best. <laughs> I know, Lori, don't listen. Lori has a great vegan pie crust okay. recipe, which by the way, on mycookingmagazine.com, we have Lori's recipe mm. for the vegan crust. Mm. So that's something that you can really use and enjoy. But I like all the, you know, I like the pumpkin pie, the pumpkin cream pie. And if you don't want to make an apple pie, make an apple crisp. Mm. It's so much easier to do and it's delicious. And what you want to do when you're using, if you're going to make an apple pie, Granny Smith apples, if you're going to make an apple crisp, that's when you can use Macintosh and Rome. You can mix the apples up a little bit, but Macintosh gets, are more for like applesauce, but in an apple crisp, they get so juicy. Mm. And make sure you use a good quality cinnamon, no matter what you're making for dessert. It really does make a difference. And vanilla X, pure vanilla. Yeah, I'm so glad yeah. you said that. Send the extra yeah. money, get it at Whole Foods, mm -hmm. get the bourbon, pure mm. vanilla extract and spend the few dollars more. Mm -hmm. It is, it really makes a difference in your dessert. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something that I would recommend. Yeah. And um, I just did <laughs> last weekend, I made 100 mini tarts. <laughs> I took the love you. <laughs> well, I was attending a benefit for a local um, farm animal refuge, the Piedmont farm animal refuge. They sponsored the mac and cheese cook-off. And so I met the founder and I've cooked over there before for some of their events. And this was um, a semi-formal out in the country, beautiful evening. And they asked if I'd like to bring a vegan dessert because they generally offer vegan food at their, at their events. So I made what my mom used to make. I'm going through her recipe book her recipe box and turning my favorite recipes into vegan versions. Um, so in the South, they're called pecan tassies. Are you guys familiar with pecan tassies? Yes. Yeah. So they're just like miniature pecan pies and it's a cream cheese pastry. So of course I used the violet cream cheese and the Miyoko's butter and flour. And that was it. That's the pastry. And then I really had to try a couple of different versions of the um, filling because when I used, um, I mean, it's I what I did was I used dark brown sugar, agave syrup and maple syrup, a quarter cup of each. Um, and I used the um, Bob's Red Mill egg substitute and of course the pecans and I forget what else is in there, but it's on my website. There's not a lot of ingredients. The filling's pretty simple. And when they came out of the oven, they looked really good. Well, about, five minutes after they started to cool, they sunk right in the middle. I mean, it looked like somebody had taken a dowel and just like stuck a hole right in the middle of the tarts. I'm like, well, I can't take these. So I actually made 124 tarts. Because <laughs> there's 24 per pan, they're mini tarts. Um, so what I did was add in my next batch, I added a tablespoon of um, applesauce. I still use the egg substitute and I added a tablespoon of applesauce and that did it. That was the trick. They were nice and they weren't quite as puffy as they get when the egg is in there, um, but they were delicious and pretty. And then to make them a little fancier, I just melted some um, 
dark chocolate chips, <clears throat> vegan, of course, you know, you can just look on the ingredient list. There's a lot of brands of chocolate chips that don't have any dairy in them. And you put a little bit of coconut oil in with your chocolate chips in a glass bowl in the microwave and, you know, 30 second increments until it melts and then put it in a cup. You, what you want to do is you want to take a cup, put a Ziploc bag, a plastic bag in your cup and pull it around the sides and Great then put idea. your chocolate in there so it doesn't get messy and then pull it out and snip just a teeny tiny bit off the end. And I drizzled the pecan tarts with the dark chocolate, the melted dark Great chocolate. Great tip, Lori. Yeah. I love and that. it's elegant and they're yeah, so no good. Doubt. They disappeared. <laughs> they were good. So yeah, things don't always work out, do they, Judy? <laughs> no, trust me, I have overcooked a turkey before. I have um, the noodle, I'm Jewish, so I'm used to having noodle kugel, noodle mm. pudding is one of my love that. diets. One of them caught on fire one year. Oh, no. I mean, oh yeah, you name it, I've done it. I've mm. dropped like a whole platter of something. I mean, accidents do happen, but that. That's why you have 17 desserts in case yeah. you drop one, right? I had a friend <laughs> who caught her hair on fire, taking the turkey no. out of the oven. Yes. No. She had like product and hairspray. <laughs> you know, notice right away I touched my hair. I'm thinking the hairspray I used, I'm amazed that I don't blow up. That was not good. <laughs> she oh wasn't my injured. Gosh. But yeah, it was um, yeah, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Does wow. anybody have any kitchen disasters, holiday kitchen disasters they want to share? <laughs> this, this, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> Ask uh. Chef Judy. Join Zen Jen Brown for a special holiday episode of Ask Chef Judy. I love that, Jen. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's see. There's there was another question here. Um, well, there was two questions in one. Uh, a, a family member who is vegetarian. Can you suggest that appetizers that I could prepare that will be suitable for everyone? An appetizer will be suitable for everyone. Well, and, mm -hmm. yeah, the, the second diff, it's mm. sort of the same thing. Any uh, last minute appetize, appetizer ideas that she can make for Thanksgiving. So I'm thinking we want something quick. Yeah. Last um, minute there. Did I mention the cream cheese? <laughs> <laughs> you can take the cream cheese. And I just saw this, my, my brother of all people sent me this recipe. He doesn't like to cook a lot. So that's why I'm saying my brother of all people. So I'm going to have to check it and I will put it on my blog. Um, but it was cream cheese and I forget what else was mixed with the cream cheese, but you just rolled it in balls and then you rolled it in nuts, you mini balls, and you can roll it in nuts. You can roll it in fresh herbs. You can roll mm -hmm. it in um, uh, like um, chopped up cranberries and then take a pretzel mm. stick and stick it in the top of the ball. And you've got these mm. cute little, pretty colorful appetizers that are just bite-sized things, which I love. Um, yeah, that sounds easy too. Yeah, really easy. I will find okay. that and I'll veganize it and I'll put it on so my website. So you're telling me that this, this cream cheese mm -hmm. is suitable for anybody there? Cause like, I know a lot of times, like if you tell somebody, well, you don't, I mean, that it's vegetarian or whatever, they're mm -hmm. 
already not gonna like it. Yeah. Well, but, so vegetarians eat eat conventional dairy products. So you know, True. if you wanted to make it with with dairy based cream cheese, that would be fine. But this would mm -hmm. work. This would work just as well. Um, and they might not know the difference. You could even, well, you might even have two. A little, yeah, you could have like, you could do the ones that are rolled nuts with one kind of cream cheese and then the other with the, with the vegan cream cheese and see if anybody notices. Sneaky, the difference. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know artichoke dip is like, you know, but we had artichoke dip every holiday, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you can make that easily with the vegan ingredients, um, the vegan parm. Uh, and the vegan mayo, they make vegan mayo. Um, and that's really a very easy, quick, traditional. Um, yeah, the, Fantastic. Off the cuff, that's what I could come up with. Mm -hmm. uh, Judy, it looks like there's one for you. There's only a couple more here, only two more here. Okay. Um, how do I figure Thanksgiving servings for 12? Not sure what she means by that. So how do I figure turkey? Thanksgiving servings? If it's turkey, about one and a half pounds per person. If you really like a lot of leftovers, I, I'm one to um, give everybody plastic containers um, when I'm done breaking down the buffet, which by the way, an important health tip, never leave your turkey out more than two hours. So a lot of us, like I, I do a buffet style, um, you just want to watch the time. Okay, so you've let the turkey rest for 30 minutes. Now it's out in the buffet. Often what I'll do is I'll just get up casually because I'm getting up throughout the meal and checking on people, seeing if I can get them anything. Um, I'll make sure that I sneak back and get that turkey um, back into the back refrigerator till I can fully break it down or, you know, and things like that later on because I don't want it to sit out because we all get busy and mm. talking and we're full and lethargic and you don't want to forget <laughs> about the turkey. So, but traditionally one and a half pounds per person. And for the sides, it really, for 12 people, I do a recipe that serves 12. The most popular side on Thanksgiving by far is stuffing. And it's like three to one over everything else, no matter what your personal preference, everybody likes stuffing. So and I, I usually make two different stuffings. Well, now my niece actually um, has taken that over and she makes a sausage stuffing and then a, um, one that has apples and, and chopped celery and onions and things like that. And they're both just absolutely delicious. So you want to have a little more um, stuffing than say you would perhaps of, you know, green beans and things like that. And cranberry sauce, we always tend to overdo it. I have some recipes on my cooking magazine. There's a whole article about cranberries. So what you want to be careful is if you do, you know, make too much cranberry sauce, get it in the freezer, put it in small containers, because you can always take it out and put it on a piece of pumpkin pie later in the season mm -hmm. or take it out around Christmas and Hanukkah time and use it towards something else. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. One more question is, what is the right oven temperature for baking potatoes? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> if, if they're a fairly large size potato, which I believe in. <laughs> um, what you want to do is, of course, scrub your potato and then pierce it with a fork, preheat your oven to 375. Doing it at 375 will get the skin crispy. At least you can start it at 375 if you need to drop the temperature because you're adding a roast or something like that. You can um, 
but I, I like to get a little crispness on the skin because I eat the whole potato. I think the skin mm. is just as luscious yeah. as the inside. So that's the temperature. Is that what you would do, Lori? Yeah, I'm wondering, do you rub it with olive oil or anything before you bake it? Or do you just scrub it and poke I it? just scrub it and poke it. I do know people that have rubbed it with olive oil or butter. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. I always laugh because the old outback way of, you know, they would you know, soak them and scrub them and poke them and then roll them in butter and salt. Oh, oh gosh. God. Wow. And no matter what you think about the Outback, I have to say they make a really good baked potato. Yeah. <laughs> I could make it a meal out of a baked potato. I often do. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Kim says that stovetop and cranberry sauce in the can is her tradition. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I'm right along with you. I'm right along with you. I probably will be going to Philippi Creek Oyster Bar for myself for Thanksgiving this year. Oh, um, Jen, I had a pre-tasting there. They invited my husband and I ooh, in for ooh. a little pre-tasting. Mm. So we had a Thanksgiving meal two days ago. It mm. was excellent i wow. have to tell you i couldn't have done it better myself everything wow. is homemade 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 and the mm. turkey was so moist really really awesome mm. yeah awesome awesome yeah. Awesome. I miss Yoder's uh, pies. Oh, yeah. I miss standing in line for the Yoder's pies. You know, some mornings it would be cold and a little drizzly out. Yep. They bring you samples. And yeah, that's a, a Sarasota, Beautiful. Florida tradition I miss. I don't Definitely. know. Definitely. They sell 10,000 pies on thanks for thanksgiving Dang. their coconut cream is oh, the best i've ever had <laughs> oh wow does anybody have any final questions before we say goodbye to these beautiful ladies no we're good all right ladies do you have anything your any final messages you'd like to share any any uh any final thoughts before we share your con contact information i think the most important thing for me is to just wish everybody a happy fruitful Thanksgiving and holiday season. And remember, it really is about the people that you're mm -hmm. gathered around the table. Don't stress if mm -hmm. something's overcooked or you forgot something or whatever it may be. That's not the, that's not the purpose of the holiday at all. Mm -hmm. The purpose is just to gather and to be able to share some form of a meal together, no matter what it is. I mean, I have friends that instead of, they have to go to their families for Thanksgiving. So they have like some friends over for breakfast and they have like, you know, eggnog pancakes for breakfast. Mm. Laura, you can Ooh. probably use your holiday. Ooh, yeah, holiday that's a great idea. Which is yeah. nice that you still get mm -hmm. that chance of gathering. Don't, don't overstress yourself. Prep Everything you can I, ahead of time, cut mm. back. You're always going to kind of over- Overdo, come mm -hmm. back one or two things if you need to. Probably a great suggestion, and I have even been known to do this, is I'll order a couple of things from restaurants that mm -hmm. I know that they Absolutely. do really, really, really well, mm -hmm. um, especially desserts, because mm -hmm. you know that's it's such a commitment to that that I'll order and I'll order different things. I used to go to Geyer's Sausage Kitchen to get their sweet potato streusel. Mm. Because I used to make it with eggnog, Lori, and you know, do the topping ooh, and everything. Ooh, so boy, I learned to just bring my, you bring your own dishes, work mm -hmm. it out ahead of time with them that you bring your own dishes. Oh, nice. They fill it up in your dishes so your wow. right? You don't have any ooh, of the nobody knew. <laughs> nobody knew. And it mm. works out just perfectly. It takes a lot of stress out. Yeah, that's a really good wow. tip. 
Yeah, I agree. Not everything has to be made from scratch. And absolutely, you can order. In the past, I had a whole bunch of people over. Um, I mean, many years ago, and uh, my oldest son was only six months old. Um, and I ordered the, I like cornbread dressing instead of stuffing, but I got the cornbread dressing and the gravy. Um, I think it was from Morton's, um, mm. uh, but anywhere in your local area that has to go, uh, not everything has to be from scratch. Stovetop stuffing and a can of cranberry sauce works just fine because you don't want to be exhausted. You want to enjoy the time with family, you know, um, you, you, you can't get it back. So that's my wish to oh, everybody boy. is to enjoy that time with whomever you're gathering with uh, and the meal, but the time together is more valuable than the meal. So don't overdo it. Don't be so tired that your back hurts and your feet hurt and you're just too exhausted to really enjoy some quality time together. I agree. Vegan expert, Lori Rogers. <laughs> Oh, goodness, ladies. Um, you know, uh, that that can of cranberry sauce is Thanksgiving to me. Yeah. I love cranberry sauce. And I, when I was a kid, we didn't have the fresh. Nobody made the fresh one. It was those cans. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've always loved cranberry sauce. So I've, I love enjoying it. But the Thanksgiving flavor comes from that can mm-hmm. of cranberry sauce you know mm-hmm. that's really pretty cool uh chef judy's website is mycookingmagazine.com Lori's website is veganfriendlycooking.com we'll send this information out tomorrow and more uh in the follow-up email along with the link for replay this will probably be tomorrow afternoon sometime Please visit zenfulconversations.com. Sign up for more of these conversations where you get to ask the questions. Everyone, thank you so very much for coming. Thank you, as always, for your great questions. And we'll see you next time. Lori, (laughs) Chef Judy, uh, thank you so very much. This was really nice. Thank you. Thank you. It's beautiful. I knew it'd be soothing for the soul to have this today so thank, thank you, you so you were very wonderful much you arranged this so yes, appreciative thank you so much. beautiful 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 mm-hmm. and gratitude peace and love mm-hmm. namaste namaste, namaste. Mm-hmm. thank you everyone thank you everybody namaste. for joining us thank nice you everybody you. happy holidays happy holidays bye, bye. bye.